We are live and back again. Ooh. Episode 35, another week. I'm here. I'm your host, Gabe. That is Julian. Julian, what's up? Say hello to the people. What is going on, everybody? We are up for another exciting episode of Real Fans Podcast, episode 35. Um, yeah, we got a lot to talk about today. A lot of shit went on, especially in the NFL world. Uh, but yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Over the past weekend, we were talking about UFC coming up. It was a big ticket. Um, big fight. So, Julian, you're a resident expert. I didn't get a chance to look at it. The fight, it was Usman versus, uh, versus Kobe King 2. Um, tell us what, uh, can we talk about the fight a little bit? What you, what you see? Yeah. So first off, the whole card was amazing. It was a, it was an awesome card. Um, every car, every fight went to decision except yeah, every card, every fight went to decision. Um, Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler was a great fight. Justin Gaethje, uh, one, um, Frankie Edgar versus Marlon Vera, uh, Marlon Vera one, um, Zhang Zhang Wei Li and Thug Rose was an awesome, fucking awesome fight. Uh, Thug Rose, surprisingly enough, um, not surprising, but I picked Zhang Wei Li to win. But Thug Rose won the fight, and then finally for the main event, we had um, Kamara Usman and versus Colby Covington, which was a fight that I was really excited for because, like we said last week, it was a fight that was. It was one of those where Covington gave Usman probably his hardest fight, his hardest shot, um, and ended up going decision last round. Same thing kind of happened this one. Not, it didn't go decision last. Uh, Usman hit him with the TKO right at the last minute of the fight in the first one. This second one ended up going to decision. Both fighters looked very composed. It was a great mix of wrestling and striking. It was predominantly a striking match, but there was a good uh, mix of uh, takedowns, and Usman's takedown defense was just was really good, um, even though he was able to get taken down once by uh, Covington, which is awesome by Covington, to take down Usman, which is one of the best wrestlers in the UFC right now. That is awesome to see. So, But yeah, the fight was great. I would say the first two... The first two rounds went to Usman's way. The second two went to Covington, which I was surprised Covington was able to come back because Covington got rocked in the second round. Uh, he looked really dominant those first two rounds. And then Covington was able to kind of bounce back in the third round and I think had a questionable fourth round, but I would give it to him. I think he did more than Usman did. And then the fifth round was razor thin, uh, like I honestly didn't even know who was going to win the fight coming into it. I mean, going into the decision, I thought it was really close. And usually fights that are super close like that, they're usually always going to kind of lean towards the champ. Um, you know, to become the champ, you got to like really be definitive in the way you beat him. You either got to knock him out, submit him, or just have a really dominant decision. Um, but it was super close. And I think I would have had to give the edge to Usman who fought an overall better fight because those rounds he won, he won by way more than Usman won by his. I mean, Covington won by his. Um, Covington squeezed out his two-round victories. Usman was dominant in his two. And then in the third round, Usman, I would probably give him the edge on that fifth and final round. And I think because of the showing that he put on, I think he had to give it to him. But shout-out to Covington. He did a really good job of just doing what he needed to do, standing up, striking, hitting Usman, getting those takedowns when you needed to, 
and it was an awesome fight. It was a great night of fights. Like that was one of the most exciting like UFC bouts I've watched in a while. It was great. And I feel like every time I watch the UFC, there's just like another just awesome fight. And it's just the competition is getting so great. But did you watch any of it, Gabe? No, I wasn't. I wasn't able to watch it Saturday. Uh, uh, I was a little bit busy. But I mean, what do you think about like uh, the rivalry as far as them? You know, obviously, this is them too. Uh, you know, do uh, you think they're going to run it back? I mean, I think this is like probably one of the most compelling stories, I guess, in the UFC. Um uh, these two guys, I mean, they're very polarizing, very, you know, uh, top of their top of the level. I, I, I was com- coming into this fight. I was kind of predicting like a second round, uh, second round knockout. I thought Usman was going to knock him out uh, standing up. But uh, the fact that it went all the way to decision um, just shows you, you know, you are almost right. The fight. Yeah, you are almost right. Because Covington got rocked in the second round, I believe it was. And uh, but to his credit, like I said, he bounced back. He he played the good fight. And it was awesome. I would like to see a third one, but I think by losing two in a row to Usman, you kind of with those trilogies, you gotta it's got to be split. You know, it's got to be the best set of three. And when you lose back to back like that, um, one and two, it's kind of hard to get that third fight. But then again, Usman has kind of cleared, cleaned the house, so it's like, yeah, who else is around? That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, who else is going to be at that kind of level where they've won a lot? Maybe, you know, he obviously lost recently, but they've won a lot and they've kind of earned. Like I said, I didn't like Covington, but he kind of earned, like based on his record, he kind of earned his way to, to, to a rematch. So, um, and I don't, I don't see what else. See, my thing is story. that I kind of feel the opposite because it's like, I mean, I think the only reason why he got a rematch is because he wiped the division clean because really Uzma, I mean, Covington, he won that fight. I mean, he lost the fight and then he knocked out a dying Tyra Woodley, and then he had this fight. So it was like he had a massive gap. He didn't fight for over a year, and the one fight he did have within those like two years, it was just against Tyra Woodley, which was just like, you know, but I think because, I mean, who else is he going to fight, you know? Yeah. So, but it was awesome. It was a great night of fights. Uh, I I think Uzma is going to continue his reign and just be super dominant. But uh, yeah. Is there is there any other? Uh, when's the next UFC uh, major? Gabe, you're like rocking your mic like crazy, dude. I'm not even touching anything. All right, now you're good. Now you're good. It's when you get on your um, computer. Yeah, here. But um, uh, as I say, what's uh the UFC? Is there any other major fights coming up as far as like uh anything yeah coming up? So we got Poirier versus Oliveira. That's the next UFC bout. Um, let me see who the undercard is. But it's that's oh. going to be a really awesome fight. Um, I'm super a, pumped. He has the belt, right? He's the he's yes. the, the champ in that division. Yes, Oliveira has the belt right now. Um, let me see. I want to see who the undercard is. That's going to be an awesome fight, though. Like I, I'm, I don't know who wins that fight. I mean, I think Poirier is like kind of on top of the world. He's fighting really well. Okay, yeah. So underneath that is women's bantamweight Amanda Nunez versus Julia Pena, which I actually remember Juliana Pena from Ultimate Fighter. She was actually a part of the first women's Ultimate Fighter um, series uh, uh, season, and but she's going up against the fucking powerhouse that is Amanda Nunez, who's probably just going to rock her shit because Amanda Nunez is just unreal. Um, then the undercard with that one is going to be Leon Edwards versus Jorge Masvidal. Really good fight there. Um, Kai Kara France versus Cody Garbrandt, which is another good fight. 
And then the first fight of the uh, wait, no, okay. Was, and then under that, you got Sean O'Malley. He's fighting uh, Rulian. I don't know who Rulian Paiva is, but Sean O'Malley's fighting. So you get a pretty star-studded yeah. uh, card, starting out with uh, Sean O'Malley, and then you got you know you kind of go up the list. So it's going to be really interesting. That's going to be another great one. That is going to be December eleventh. So yeah. Okay, I thought I saw. Wait, wait! I thought I saw they they pulled Masvidal. I'm, uh, I had to look it up now. Um, they said uh, I had to look up the story because I, I I saw something on Twitter uh, for Masvidal. It said Jorge Masvidal suffers injury, pulls out a fight with Leon Edwards at two sixty nine. That was a couple oh interesting. Years. Yeah, I'm looking on UFC.com, so I don't see yeah. that in the moment. They must have not updated it then. Yeah, I thought, probably that's why not. I thought, I thought I, I you know I heard Masvidal yesterday or something. I saw, but I didn't get a full story. I follow um Ariel Hawani on Twitter, so. He's my for him. Also, all beefs Conor McGregor after pullout pot shot. Yeah, so yeah. I guess he's he's pulling. Out. I mean, I guess they haven't decided who's going to take his spot. Yeah, I mean, Leon Leon Edwards is a pretty notable fighter, isn't he? Isn't he uh, kind of reputable? Oh, player? Leon Edwards. Yeah, he's really good. He's ranked three right now. Yeah. So I'm saying that's that's still a big name. I and Hor and Hori ranked seventh. So yeah, that's that's kind of um, Leon's the favorite. Was the favorite going into that? So I'm curious to see who replaces him. Um, but yeah, that's gonna be. It's gonna be a good. The fight. other cards, yeah, the other Whoever cards are still, still pretty good. You got two championship fights with Nunes and Oliveira, and then Sean O'Malley is also an exciting fighter to watch. So yeah, I mean, I, think, I, kinda like, I like Cody fight. Garbrandt. Um, he's pretty good. So he's gonna he's a pretty exciting fighter. So I'm I'm excited to see that card. That's gonna be a really good fight. All but, right, yeah. I think that's it for UFC. I guess we'll update it as soon as we get. Well, maybe we'll come next week. We'll see who they replace as we get closer to 269. Um, but, uh, we want to talk real quick about soccer cause, uh, today, uh, is Friday and they're going to be playing, uh, USA is going to be playing Mexico for a qualifier in Cincinnati and, uh, just kind of get your overall thoughts on USA v Mexico, the matchup. What do you got looking forward to? What, 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 what do we know about USA soccer? Yeah. So this is going to be the third, it's the, the third round of the, uh, world cup qualifiers. Um, the octagonal race as of stands right now, Mexico's first place with, let me uh, double check this. Mexico's for sure. First place. Then it's a uh, U.S. Mexico's first place with 11 points. Then a uh, USA is in second with 11 points. So let me just, here we go. So standings. Okay, yeah. So Mexico is in first with 14. USA's in second with 11. Canada's 10 within third. Panama's uh, in fourth with eight points. Costa Rica's fifth with six points. And then it's Jamaica, El Salvador, and Honduras, uh, five and three, respectively. So, yeah. So tonight, the big, big, big rivalry between Team USA and Mexico are going at it once again. Um, I believe in this matchup, though, they are going to have Christian Pulisic back, uh, which is big good news to have him back in the lineup. But the thing with Team USA that scares me the most is not so much the players. Uh, well, yes, I mean, you're coming against a more experienced Mexico team, but you beat Mexico in the Nations League final, and then you also beat Mexico in the Gold Cup. Granted, the Gold Cup was a completely different roster. That was a fully MLS roster. This roster, I think there's only 
three MLS players and the rest of the 19 or 18 are from Europe. So you're coming across a more dominant um, USA team, but they are still very, very young. I believe the average age is 24 years old, somewhere around there. Super young roster. Um, where are they playing? Yeah, they're playing in the United States. Um, yeah. They say they try to get, you know, cause, because the rivalry is so heated, they try to get as far away. Usually when uh, USA plays Mexico, there's usually a lot of Mexican fans that come out. It's like you know, 50-50 or something. Like there's a majority of... Uh, uh, Mexican or equal amount of fans of Mexican fans when they play in the U.S. So they said they put in Cincinnati, where it's like not a huge, you know, Mexican population, I guess. In yeah, especially like, <laughs> yeah, because I mean, realistically, I think it's fair. I mean, you, you want to give them USA a, a tr- that's the one thing that's hard with USA is like you got to find a place that gives them a true home advantage because, like, I know some people get upset, like, uh, for example, last year, what pretty much knocked USA out, not last year, but last uh, qualifying round in 2018 or 2017 at the time. Yeah, 2017, 2018. Um, Costa Rica knocked out USA, which they weren't officially knocked out by then, but then that was a very integral game that helped them get knocked out. And that was in New Jersey at the time. But that, what everybody was saying was that was like pretty much a Costa Rica home game because of the population in New Jersey. So, you know, the people, the uh, USSF, like the United Soccer, United States Soccer Federation, they had to like apologize and all this other thing. So this year for certain uh, locations, for example, they wanted to make sure that USA has a true home field advantage. Um, So they are moving the Costa Rica game to Columbus, Ohio, and now this Mexican game in Cincinnati. Obviously, you're still going to probably see your fair share of fans, but they're hoping for a full USA like true home game. Um, but yeah, what to expect from this game? So this is the first time they're facing each other in the World Cup qualifiers. USA has struggled at times, but then have looked good for the talent that they have. They should be more dominant, I would say. But I think a lot of that goes to coaching. Greg Berhalter, I mean, a lot of people have been at his head saying, like, he needs to be gone. If, like, he's done a lot of questionable moves, his coaching style doesn't seem to be fit for the national team. And there's been moments in the games where I question his formations and his lineups and why he chooses to do what he does. But then there's moments, you know, United States soccer fans, it's just one of those where it's so up and down. It's like one week they lose to, um, who do they just they lose to? They lost to Panama one nothing, and everybody was like, get rid of them, get rid of them, get rid of them. But then they beat Costa Rica 2-1, and now they're saying that he's great. So, But I think the overall opinion of Greg Berhalter is he's not that good. So to me, he's the big, he's the big X factor, you know, having your players put in the positions where – for them to succeed, especially against a really strong Mexico team who's in first place right now and is uh, really sound defensively. So it's going to be interesting to uh, go against, but um, especially with this current uh, roster that they have between the two countries. So, yeah, I'm really excited to see it. Uh, like you said, you're getting um, all your guys back. Uh, the <clears throat> I'm curious to see who the lineup is going to be at the number nine. I'm thinking it's probably going to be Ricardo Pepe, which he's been, if you don't know or don't follow United States soccer or MLS, he has been, he's taken the league and the country by storm. Um, 
He's only 18 years old. He grew up in the, the FC Dallas Academy, kind of worked his way up, and now he's at the first team, and he's just been playing lights out. And uh, now he got called up to the USA team, and he's actually starting now. And then there's potential rumors where he might get sent off to Europe. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm really curious to see how it matches up, especially I'm curious to see what the formation that they use and how they plan to go forward with the attack because – Mexico can be a pretty strong team, especially defensively. So I predict a grindy game, maybe like a one nothing win. And I'll give the edge to USA. So we'll see. But Mexico's hot. I can't hear you, Gabe. Yep. Uh, I was gonna say, based on the roster, uh the roster itself, like there's only a couple names that I do that I do recognize. Uh this USA team. I remember watching soccer when it was Jose Altador all the time. I was like, why is this guy out there? He Josie like, Altador. Yeah, he's not yeah. good. And I was like, man, this guy's running out there with cement in his in his shoe. Um Yeah, but, he was uh, good back in the day when he was <laughs> younger, but he's just um he's just not looking good at all. Yeah, so I mean, this this will be fun. I, I do love the rivalry. I do love the the Mexico USA rivalry, um, uh, ex- especially in the past. In my experience, Mexico has, has won a lot. They they beat us a lot. Um, and USA team is coming in. I think USA team is getting kind of shaky, man. I mean, they tied with Canada. They tied one one, uh, and then they lost to Panama, which is kind of you know, even though they were, I, I believe they were away. Um, people expect you know. No, USA that was in um in your town of Austin. Uh, I believe that was in Austin. So that was a home game. And then also um, to Canada's credit, Canada is a really good team. This is probably the best Canadian team since like 2002. This is a very, very solid Canadian team. Um, You have, they have this player named Alfonso Davies who plays over in Germany. He is probably considered right now as the best uh, player in CONCACAF. Um, a field player, at least uh, it's between him and the Costa Rican goalkeeper Navas who plays over at PSG. Um, so, but Alfonso Davies by far, probably the best field player. Um, they have some really good young talent, especially coming out of uh, MLS. So they have a young guy who plays for new England, Tejan Buchanan, who plays on the wing and he's pretty good. So Canada's a really good team. Um, I think they're for sure going to make the top three. My predictions is probably U.S. Sadly, Costa Rica has been kind of been that third place team right behind USA and Mexico and has won their fair share against them. But it seems like because Costa Rica is going through kind of a generational change right now with their young, their old guys are too old, but yet they're still playing them and the young guys are too young. So it's just, this is just not the, the right timeline for it because your young guys are like in their early, early twenties, like Team USA. But then for some reason, they're still trying to hold on hope from like that 2014 year and all those years where they're really good. So it looks like Canada's kind of replacing them as that third tier, that's that third team in Concacaf region. And then Panama's actually been surprisingly really well, especially defensively. They've uh, played really well. So, but yeah, back to this USA Mexico game. Like I said, I predict a one to nothing win against Mexico, uh, especially because uh, specifically like Serginio Dest, who plays at Barcelona, he's been playing really well over there. Um, and he's actually been getting some more minutes. So, but yeah. We, we will still see. It'll be going on later tonight. So uh, we'll probably talk about it next week uh, when we come back. 
of our resident soccer expert. Probably going to be a couple game. There's going to be a, a spread of games by the time we probably hop back on because yeah. they got USA and then they play Jamaica Tuesday. And yeah, those are the only two games this week. So it's only two games this week. All right. So let's head into the, I guess our big sports week. Uh, we'll, we'll bring you back there next week when we come back. Uh, let's talk about the NFL things going on in the NFL. I mean, probably the biggest news of the week, uh, OBJ release from the Cleveland Browns. You know, we talked about it last week with uh, his dad putting a video of OBJ being open. Mind you, that that shit happened. He got released literally like an hour before we finished the episode. I was so like, damn it! I was like, <laughs> literally an hour before we finished the episode. OJ OBJ's release from Cleveland Browns. <laughs> what the fuck? So so obviously, uh, the biggest news of the week is he signed with uh, the Rams, which is kind of I predicted. I, I kind of expected him to be signed immediately. Um, but what do you what do you, how do you feel this uh, improves the Rams' chances of winning? Uh, First off, uh, <laughs> talk about OB, OBJ. I, I mean, I did not expect this coming. Everybody was saying the Packers. Like everywhere it was leaning towards the Packers. Um, I thought for sure it was pretty much a done deal that he's going to Green Bay play alongside Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones and Alan Zard and everybody else they have on there. So I was, I was really expecting that. And I was like, man, this could be a real boost to green Bay. Green Bay is already a really good team, but I feel like they are a couple of weapons away from being great. Um, I think they need more outside of Devontae Adams. Um, I think Alan Zard could be a good number three receiver. I don't think he's a true number two, um, but, and OBJ could have been that good number two, but God Damn, bro, what the what do they have in L? Like, how much? Like, how are they making this work in Los Listen, Angeles? Man, like, I don't it's get LeBron. it. Like, when it comes to OBJ, it's the LeBron connection, man. It has to be because why else would he? Why else would we want to go? Well, to LA? he's mean, got a house in LA. I think LA is going to pay him. I think he wants. You know, he has his house there. He lives there. Um, I'm assuming he likes it there. And then also, it's a team that's a contender this year. And man, they are going all in. And I'm telling you what. If they don't win, it's it is a huge crash and burn. I think it is a I think even in the front offices and the coaching staff's eyes, if they don't win this year, it's a failed season. Like it is. Like if like they're not building for the future, they have fucking no picks for the next seven years. Yeah. Like it's either it's now or never. And if they don't get it, like I don't I think obviously they're gonna be a competitive team next year because a lot of those guys are locked up for a couple of years. Um I don't know how mo- big obj's deal is i don't think that's out yet as the time that we're speaking um von miller i don't know if he resigns um i don't know if they're going to resign him i would imagine they probably would if they're going to give up a second and a third rounder like maybe they resign him but hot damn dude like i mean cooper cup robert woods like now obj if the only thing they're really missing is a solid run game if they can get cam Akers back and they start playing like a cohesive really like on both sides on, on running and passing and they get the uh obviously the defense already does their job like they're tough to beat like they're really yeah, tough I've, to beat and i just feel like they just add another person every fucking week like i've never seen this in the history of me watching football i've never seen just a team just like go all out like this it's insane i was gonna say i think i saw something on twitter somebody put up a. Uh, the uh the odds for LA to win the Super Bowl were like plus eight hundred or something, and then after they signed OBJ, the odds for them to win the Super Bowl was still plus eight hundred. It's like <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know if they got good or bad, but you know, 
I, I, I kind of knew that he would sign automatically. Like, he, he's not going to be a free agent. He's not going to be one of these guys just floating around like Cam Newton for a month. We could probably cut back Cam Newton. We didn't put that in the notes. Yeah. Um, no, it's uh, in there. OBJ. In there. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, OBJ, um, I kind of knew he was going to get signed. And I think still he has stuff to offer. Like, I mean, it's kind of a weird situation leaving Cleveland. Um, especially from what I hear is uh, there was a very like tight closeness, closeness uh, in the locker room between him and OBJ. But since this kind of departure, they, they haven't spoken to each other or anything. So, um, but I still think OBJ is a productive player. He can be, you know, you know, it's like uh, the Bucks adding Antonio Brown. It's like, yo, they're already loaded. And now they just add another guy who has, you know, uh, coming off fresh. So, um, yeah, man, I like, L- I, st- I still like LA, man. I like, I like their team. Um, even though they had a weird, weird loss uh yeah it's tennessee which we did not see coming yeah Yeah, yeah. i mean i don't think he's going to be an absolute like game changer for them i think he just adds a lot he just adds a lot more depth to that already really good receiving crew i think he's going to be number three out of you know out of those guys i think robert woods and cooper cup still hold their position as one and two um but yeah, I think he fits in very nicely as a number three. I think OBJ has always been a really great route runner. I don't know if he would have, he's not a, he was, I don't know if he currently is still a number one wide receiver in this league, but um, yeah, I'm really curious to see how they line him up uh, and how, how this formation is going to work. How are they going to try to put all three of them out there or is like, they're going to switch them off. Like I'm, I'm curious to see how they run their offense and how they do this. But yeah, I mean, to me, I don't, I think a, obviously it helps them a little bit, but I don't think it's like a drastic, super drastic change because it's already a pretty deep receiver room. It's already, they already have a really good receiving room and a good passing game. So it's just like, you're adding another weapon to there. I don't know if you're necessarily supplementing something that you didn't have. You know what I mean? It's not like they're signing like a top five running back to their team. To me, that would be more deadly than like adding OBJ. Not even a top five running back, maybe even like a top 10 running back, like somebody who's a really solid running back. To me, that would that would make more of a difference for their team than adding OBJ. But obviously, NFL is all about depth. Somebody's going to get injured. It's inevitable. The most deep team is the team that's most likely going to win the Super Bowl. And look at Tampa. Tampa last year, super deep team. They had so many players who could step up when they were called upon. So, yeah, I uh, I think it helps, but I don't think it's a, a, a whole lot. You know, I, I think – and I'm looking at the schedule going forward. I mean, like I said, we the LA Rams still have a tough schedule. They play really good teams. Uh, this week they play Monday. Uh, they play the 49ers. They have to play them twice. Uh, then they play Monday. Uh, Green Bay, the Vikings, uh, the Ravens, I believe. So they still have a good schedule. I think that makes them favorites going the rest of the way. I don't see them. I mean, I don't know, man. NFL's weird. I, I, I want to say I don't see them losing a game, but I've seen them lose a game. and So I, I don't know. They got, I, I still, they got I, fucking I, beat by t- Tennessee with no Derrick Henry. Pretty bad. Like, pretty bad. So, um, but I think uh, I do want to see the matchup. I, w- I want to see them uh, play the Bucks. Uh, in the NFC kind of championship, so I think those are the probably two favorites coming out of uh, the NFC. And that, I don't that know. Would be a I think to look for it. I think I like Green Bay when they're healthy. I think I like them more than Tampa. Man, I don't know, man. But they're, they're I, will say, I will say, I will say Antonio Brown. 
I will say Antonio Brown this year before he got injured was really coming on to be really good. Like he was starting to look like Antonio Brown back in Pittsburgh before all that shit went down. Like he was looking really good this year. Like him and Tom Brady had a, a really good connection for a moment and then he got hurt. So I'm curious to see when he comes back, how that's going to work out. But man, if Tom Brady, man, uh, he's been playing at an MVP level too. I mean, that guy's he's been playing fucking he's not just like playing well at 40 something he's like in the top three like we were talking about the other day the other week he's like third or second in the mvp race he's he's not just playing all right like he's playing like a top five quarterback still in this league which is mind-blowing it's insane to me and that's enough tom brady talk on this podcast i'm done talking about this guy he's still in my life he left the patriots and he's still in my life as a Dolphin. i did not expect this motherfucker to still yeah, he's the goat. I, thought I, that, I, I, I was gonna say like that year before he left new england where he it was probably his worst year in forever where he actually did not look good i thought that was the sign like all right it's happening but no two years later he's still fucking I don't. We shall see. We shall see as we go forward. Um, All right. Next topic. Uh, Probably one of the another big signing. I guess is it a big signing? It's just. (laughs) I'm not gonna say big signing. It's just another (laughs) signing. Uh, Cam Newton was floating around for a minute. Uh, I got dropped by the Patriots. Uh, What was it like? Week two? Week three? He got we dropped. Preseason. 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 Um, and uh, he finally signed uh, with a team. Uh, the Panthers got their guy. They found their man. They found Cam their guy. <laughs> <laughs> they said, fuck Sam Darnold. Cam Newton's our guy. <laughs> so uh, what, what's your thoughts and feelings on Cam Newton signing, uh, going back to the Panthers? It is surprise. I was shocked when I saw this. I did not see this coming. I did, I did not see this coming. I was genuinely shocked. Um, I knew Sam Darnold was going to be gone. I know we talked about right before the season started – or no, not before the season started, like a few weeks into the season. Sam Darnold was actually looking really good. Yeah, was Carolina good. was moving. Defense was playing well. Um, he was looking solid. And then I don't know what happened. I don't know if like the ghost started coming back in his dreams or what. Like, I don't like he just started falling apart. And I don't know if you saw that clip of like Robbie Anderson like, oh, yeah, like screaming at Sam Darnold. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but <laughs> But know. like I he mean, can, he hasn't been playing well either. I mean, he was talking. All, I mean, he's he was a little bit. He hasn't been playing like he was. But um, I think it definitely boosts Carolina. I think it's something, even though it's a whole different system from when Cam was there. Um, or no, was shit was Cam there? Um, well, I mean, with Matt Rule, no, Ron, Ron Rivera was his coach, no. but then Ron Rivera yeah. went to the football. Yeah, team. okay, yeah, 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 because uh, they cut him right before Matt Rule started, I believe. Yeah, so. Yeah, I'm curious to see how this lines up with Joe Brady and Matt Rule and how the offense is going to flow. I think, I mean, shit, I mean, anything's better than Sam Darnold right now. And um, honestly, man, I love the Carolina owner. I love, like, this guy's not fucking around. Like, he wants to win. Like, he is like, he's like, I don't care what it costs or what it takes. Like, you're not going to win us a Super Bowl. Get the fuck out of here, Teddy Bridgewater. Sam Darnold, we're nine games in. Fuck you. Get the fuck out. You're not going to win us a Super Bowl. We're trying to win now. I, th- I believe they're four and four right now. Um, but um, 
I mean, we'll see with Cam. I mean, it's been a while since he played. Um, it's been, like I said, since preseason. He had a couple snaps in the preseason, um, but then he's been sitting on the bench and not sitting on the, I mean, sitting on the streets. So, um, I think it helps. I, I, I think I think Cam Newton brings. I think they bring another element to the offense. Obviously, he's mobile and he can move. I don't think he should be moving that much because he just doesn't have that speed anymore. And he's also getting older and he shouldn't be taking those hits. But I think Cam Newton, he can give you, he can, I think he can make you competitive. I think he makes you more competitive than Sam Darnold. People forget last year with Patriots, and people still forget. Um, I, obviously, they're better now, a little bit better. They're not the best team. But last year, especially, Carolina, I mean, New England was not a good team. They had a, multiple players out, uh, opting out for COVID that year, last year. And then they also signed a bunch of new players this year and free agency like Matt Judon, like Judon and um, Hunter Henry, John Smith, like uh, uh, Aguilar. Uh, they, they signed a bunch of people like, you know, uh, we saw this offseason. New England backed up the Brinks truck and started dumping money at players. So it's like, who's to say like what Cam Newton would be like now with this Patriots offense. And granted, they still went seven and nine last year with a really bad football team. Uh, granted, it was a really good. Obviously, you had the greatest coach of all time, Bill Belichick, um, which also really helps you win games. But Cam Newton didn't have anybody. I mean, he barely had a running game. He had absolutely no wide receivers, not a single tight end. The offensive line didn't look good. The defense sucked. That The team was not good. Now he's coming in a Carolina team where Carolina has a better defense. You have some weapons. Um, and obviously, if Kishner McCaffrey's there, like that team is – super dynamic obviously when he's on the field as long as he can stay healthy so i think they could do a really good job i mean i can only imagine like uh what defenses could feel having cam newton and christian mccaffrey on the same field and not knowing where the ball is going to go if they play it if they play their cards right so i think i'm glad cam newton's getting another shot i think he deserves another shot i don't think he ever he's too good to be on the street in my opinion i think he's better than i think he is a starter somewhere um but this is to me is his final prove it year. If he doesn't play well now, like I, I, I think it's done for him. Like I think he's well, he has to admit he's going to be a backup. I'm, obviously he's going to be a backup, but I mean yeah. like as a starter in the league, if he doesn't show at least something, I think he's I think he's just going to be a backup for the rest. And, of his and that's one of the weird things too, because you know you know on the off season you know see these videos and whatever these photos of him on the off season. Uh, working out and shit. So, you know, obviously he's going to try to be in tip, uh, tip-top shape. But, I mean, I haven't seen anything in the last few games that I've seen Cam Newton play where they kind of super impressed me. Like, oh, this guy, he's going to compete. Like, um, I think he's fine. I'm, I'm a fan of him. Uh, I don't think he's the the Cam Newton of young. Um, I think he's definitely yeah. taken some 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 steps back physically uh, on, uh, on the field. But, I, I mean, I kind of like the, like the storyline. I mean, like he's coming back, you know, coming back to Carolina, which is, I guess, you know, good – nostalgia i mean i guess if you're a Newton fan when he was in carolina he's coming back home so it's kind of like the Dwayne wade reunion tour or some shit yeah. i don't know it's like uh you know but i think cam newton still has something left in the tank i think my biggest critique of cam newton was that i feel like he could kind of lose accuracies accuracy sometimes i feel like uh you know he just he couldn't get that place that ball in the right spot but like I said, I'm I I love that owner. I love how that owner does not play any shit. He's like, we want to win now. And honestly, it, to me, you knew the writing was on the wall for Sam Darnold after week five. Like we saw, like after he lost like two straight and three straight, and he just 
started progressively getting worse. It's like, look, your record's not terrible. Let me see what they're at right now. Um, As I say, man, that was one of the weirdest flips of this season. Just Sam Darnold. He looked okay, you know, the first couple of games. I don't get it. Like, I don't know yeah. what happened. Um, they're fourth in NFC South. Um, they're five and four. So they're not terrible. They still can be in the hunt for a wild card, obviously. I mean, it's still, you're just over halfway through the season. You have time. You're not in a terrible position. You're just below 500. You know, if you can whittle off, I mean, obviously it's a really tight uh, divisional race right now in the NFC South, but I think you have, you still have a chance to get in there. You're not like you're two and six. It's not like you're one and seven, you know, you're, you're, you're one and eight, like you're, you're, or, yeah, one and seven, like you still have a chance. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I think bringing in Cam Newton was, a it's a better option. Like, you know, why I think at this point we all know who Sam Darnold is. He's just he's an okay backup. That's at most. I mean, I, I still don't. Uh, I still don't think they get some out of the division, especially in the wild card race. Obviously, you have Tampa, and the I don't think it, they don't win the division, but I think they could squeeze. I think they have the opportunity to get a, like they're not a bad team. They're not a terrible team. Like I said, they have a decent uh, offense. You know, if Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy, that guy's a game changer. Your weapons aren't terrible. Um, you know, you you have a shot. You can rattle off some wins. Like, you know, I think it's definitely possible. But I think the big X factor is Cam Newton. You know, if Cam Newton performs well and he can play like he did that MVP year and they went to the Super Bowl, I don't know if he can do that anymore. Obviously, I also think that team was a lot better back then. But we'll see, man. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm just glad he's getting another shot. I think he deserves to be yeah. in the NFL. Like at some point. This upcoming week, they play the Cardinals. Uh, they got to play the Dolphins. They got to play the Bills. They got to play Tampa twice. They got to play the Saints. I don't know, man. They got to play at the Saints. I don't know. It's just a tough schedule. I don't, I still I don't trust this the is Saints. Just a nice I mean, I don't know. Go ahead. I don't trust the Saints. The Saints are, I don't know. I would not put my money on the Saints. Like, I don't, I don't care if Jameis is in there or not. Like, I, one moment they win, the next they lose. And it's, they're so wishy-washy team. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, man. I mean, is it an upgrade? We'll see. We'll see this coming week. But I, I, like I said, I don't generally have high hopes for the Panthers. Like this is a nice story, but mm, you're just like a hey. I think all is lost. So, but do you uh, think let, it's let's get to it's the- better than having Sam Darnold? Possible. It's possible. Let me let me see a couple downs. It's possible because, like I said, I, I think physically, I don't know what kind of Cam Newton I'm going to get. Like the last couple games that I see him play. I wasn't super impressed. I was just like, this is just, he's Cam Noon. He's big. He's physical. But I mean, is he, is he the young Cam Noon? Is he doing retro Cam Noon? I don't, Wait, that I haven't seen. Can you recently. agree that maybe that New England team was really yeah. bad and he had no, no help over there? Yes. I can't agree with that. I can't agree with that. So we shall see. We shall see. As we move on to the next story, uh, just kind of rumor talk. There, uh, there's a rumor going out there floating in NFL Twitter. 18-game season, four expansion teams. Um, do you, yeah, I, I first saw that. This. You kind of introduced it to me this. So, like, what did you hear about uh, this? Um, there was first an article written by, like, the XFL, like one of the XFL writers, because um, they're on the verge of starting their uh, their season, not this coming off season, but 2023, um, which I'm actually really excited to see, honestly, um, now that the rocks at the helm and how, how it's going to work out. I'm just glad that we're getting to a point where we're going to have football year round, which is going to be pretty cool. 
So, um, but yeah, let's get into it. Um, so yeah, the first thing, which I think is inevitable, it's going to lead to an 18 game season, which I think is totally possible. I think it's going to work out. Do I think it's right? I don't know, man, these guys really get beat up and then you still got the playoffs and everything. I mean, that's a lot of games, unless you add another bye week in there. I think you have to at that point. Right. And honestly, why not? From the NFL's perspective, why not add an extra bye week in there? Because it's just football for longer. Um, but 18, man, that, that is, that is rough. Uh, especially if you're a playoff team, then, and then you still have preseason on top of that and training camp. Like it's, it's going to be a lot, um, for such a brutal game. Um, but yeah, and then we're talking about the four expansion team rumors, which I've honestly been thinking like they probably are on the verge of doing that within the next five years. Um, I think we've been pretty stagnant with the amount of teams in the league so far for a while. There hasn't been any expansion since Houston in 2002. So it's almost been 20 years, which is the longest gap the NFL has ever gone without expanding. Um, so I think, so right now with the rumor, real rumor, whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> rumor mill is saying is that the four expansion teams are looking at is Toronto, London, San Antonio, and bringing it back home to St. Louis. Um, that's interesting. Uh, um, the only one I am not sold on whatsoever is London. I still don't think it's viable um, from a financial standpoint, from a logistics standpoint. I just don't see how it's possible. Um, it, I, it's just it's too much travel. I mean, think about these teams that already go there. They have to have a bye week after. But what if you're a team in London? You can't just have a bye week after every week when you travel. Yeah. Like I don't, I, I don't see how that's logistically possible. I think instead of London, um, I could definitely see Austin being in the mix or Orlando, um, especially Austin uh, with the recent boom of population, as you know, Gabe. Uh, a lot of people moving there, I large know, influx of people. <laughs> exactly, you are the people that are moving. A lot of people from California, you know, moving to Texas and everything. Some Austin um, beer there. Uh, you know, there was already the rumor in the beginning of this uh, in the off season about the Bills possibly moving to Austin if they didn't, if the city didn't approve a new stadium for them. Then the owner was like, "All right, if you don't go to the new stadium, we're going to go to Austin, be the Austin Bills." So that that's about it. Um, I don't know how the divisions would work out. I mean, I guess if there's eight divisions as we speak now, thirty six. I don't. You'd probably have to lose a division, maybe. Like I don't. I don't know how that would work. Um, yeah, it's mean, really interesting to see. I mean, I mean, you're talking about 18 teams, 18. Uh, I mean, how could you split that? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's what I was gonna say. Is like, I don't, I don't know about the. the I guess you could do three rules. divisions. It was yeah. six teams in a division, but that seems so like that seems like a lot of teams in one division because you have three think, three I, divisions of six on both sides, like. I see more possibly happening as far as expansion goes. Like I see possibly more as just teams moving, you know, whatever. If teams are in trouble with their stadium deals or they're running out, their their leases running out, that um, uh, that teams that teams move. Obviously, we've seen uh, most recently Oakland move to Las Vegas. Uh, we've seen the Rams go back to LA. Um, so I don't I don't know if they're gonna expand to new cities. I, I feel like it would be already existing franchise going to a new city and more than actually a, a brand new team, brand new city blowing up. Um, I don't know about that. More likely I think is the 18 games because they, they, they talked about that a lot about um, 
uh, how, you know, you got to play these, what, 20 games, 21 games, whatever, including the preseason. This is 16 plus the four. And, you know, we've already ex- shortened the preseason. I can definitely see 18 seeds can pop, definitely possibly happen. Um, and I think, you know, we've already seen this year that it's been pretty detrimental. The 17-game season, like, we've seen guys get hurt or, you know, right off the uh, off the bat where, um, you know, whatever, linemen, defensive men, whatever, uh, people are not available during the 17-game week. Um which I think is terrible. Cause I think if you're going to expand it that much, you're going to expect guys to be in shape going into the preseason, like or going to mini caps going into preseason. You you got to give them the two weeks. You got to give them. Um, and and one of the, one of the biggest critiques that I have of the NFL season is just like you know get rid of Thursday games. If you're going to go travel to London, give them that break. That's a nice little break. And if you're going to expand this game, 17, 18 games, give the guys a break because they're fucking breaking their bodies out there. And I'd rather see you know what I mean like it's not fun seeing. Christian McCaffrey, you know, freaking MVP, hurt, sitting down, can't play. It's not fun, you know, uh, when, you know, your best guy is out hamstring. It's a, you know, a residual thing that lasts weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, or just, like, so, exhaustion, you know, just, like, yeah. constant, like, just, just going instantly from July to, if you make it all the way, to February. Like, that's a, that's a lot, man. I mean, that's six so, seven months so I, I think as far as those rumors i think definitely 18 games is really possible that that is definitely possible um you know for the nfl trying to make the money work as far as advertising because i i i, I fucking clock out of preseason games i don't give a goddamn about the stats or nothing i'll watch the first couple drives and kind of say okay maybe we got a decent team or we got to work on some shit but i don't after that i honestly don't care about the preseason nobody cares about preseason record Do i don't care, care about the, about the pre record? I don't care about the preseason. Um, I think preseason is cool. Like, for example, this year, like, because we had a new rookie quarterback, it's kind of exciting to finally have some sort of football, you know, whether if it's like a quarter to have something. But I do think there is a a place for it, especially like on the fringe players. I think there's no other way to kind of replicate a game than to play a game, you know, and that's what I hear NFL like veterans and everybody say. It's like, I mean, I mean, think about it. Like, even when you play like basketball or soccer, whatever it might be, the only way to replicate it is to actually play, you know, it's, it's hard to do these drills and stuff. Cause at the end of the day, it's, it's different. And I could see having it. Um, and you know, obviously certain coaches and certain managements have different philosophies on about preseason. And then if, if it's strictly backups, the starters never play, but then are like, yeah, Kansas city where they're like, they play every single week on the preseason. Um, but I do think there is something for like those on the fringe players that are trying to make a roster. I think they need that. I think it's, it's hard to kind of prove yourself just by doing drills. And I also think it's good for the coaching staff and the scouting staff and the general uh, and the front office to kind of figure out who they want on the back end of their roster, because it's hard just to tell just by doing like seven on seven drills and 11 on 11 drills in practice, you know, it's hard, but um, I think St. Louis is definitely getting a team. For sure. I think St. Louis gets the team back within 10 years. I don't know if you know, but they're doing that big lawsuit uh, going on with the city of St. Louis because I didn't know this, but apparently how St. Louis lost the Rams was a pretty kind of like, from what I understand, I don't know uh, what exactly is going on, but it was kind of a shady thing because the problem with the Rams was that they, he need the owner of the Rams said St. Louis, they need to build a new stadium, a new dome or whatever it is. Um, and if they don't, he's going to move to Los Angeles. Uh, the city approves it um, to build a new stadium. And then basically the owner leaves anyways, even though it was approved um, and goes to Los Angeles. And I think the city of St. Louis is now has a civil case with like 
the owner of the Rams and the NFL because they lost the team and it affected obviously a lot of jobs and companies and yeah. bar and like, you know, affects the economy greatly when you use such a big team like that, um, especially NFL franchise. Um, but I think they're definitely on track. I mean, I don't know if you saw like the first season of the XFL, they have an XFL team, the St. Louis Battlehawks, and they yeah. led they led the entire league in attendance. They had like 35,000 at uh, wasn't that people on was, average attendance which is a lot because obviously it's the first time they're having football in forever and it's going to be the yeah. only way they watch professional football was pj walker on uh, the battle rams i know yes. they're one of the best teams pj walker who obviously signed with he got signed by uh seattle at seattle? right i don't know where he's at now but i know he played really well i think it was for seattle i thought or maybe it was the houston team i don't know it was one of the teams uh it might have been seattle i mean not seattle uh St. Louis, keep on saying St. Louis, but he got picked up by Seattle. Yeah. I know that. So and I, mean, I think I'll, the I'll XFL is good, man. I think it's good and, to and have Saint, it. As far as St. Louis, they they are definitely viable. Like that's a, definitely a big sports town. You know, they're big in baseball. Um, uh, obviously, they had the Rams for a little bit. Great show. The Rams turf. for like fucking what 20, 30 years. I mean, obviously, yeah. they're able to sustain a team. Like, yeah. they, like you so, said, the greatest so, show on turf. And I, I you know. I see St. Louis. I see Toronto. Toronto's definitely Toronto's like the New York City of Canada. So it's very international. Yeah, Toronto's a big city. I definitely see them trying to breach out to Canada for sure. And the Bills, the Bills have actually had played games in Toronto. There's a span of years. I don't know if you remember. They played games, the home games in Toronto. Um, Toronto, yeah, definitely. Like you said, such a big population. Toronto already. It's an easy transition, even though it's outside of the country. It's still an easy transition because you have that platform of like you know baseball and basketball and soccer and definitely hockey like nfl is the only league in america that doesn't have a team outside of america so i mean it it just matches well obviously you already have a big football fan there fan base there because canada is the only other team that plays football besides us american football so i mean obviously the canadian league and the cfl so that's that that's an easy transition and san antonio they were on the verge of getting the raiders that was a really big that was really close between San Antonio and Bay and Vegas. And obviously Vegas got the edge. Um, but yeah, London so, for sure um, is not happening. I just don't buy it. Oh, listen, listen, your Jacksonville Jaguars gonna be going to move into Dude, London. Dude, people say that shit. Add a there's, team to London. there's too much Con investment going on team. in the city. Connell's a soccer team. Okay, so did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers owner owns Manchester United. Doesn't mean they're moving to Tampa. Like, I mean and plus, there's too much investment in the stadium and in the city. There's too much money. There's no way they're moving. The thing is, you hear these idiot analysts who know nothing about the team or nothing about the city. They don't realize all the shit that they're starting to build and new training facilities and stuff like that. They're not moving. Like, Khan wouldn't I mean, invest that much uh, money into the listen, city and investment. You know, that's just millions and millions of dollars than to just get up and leave. That makes no sense. Who would do that? You're, you invested in not be, I mean, Here's one argument. You can say you invest in it because he loves Jacksonville and he wants to stay in Jacksonville. Or you can say you invest in it because he wants to you invest in your business to make it grow so you can eventually sell it one day. I mean, and and if we know anything about NFL franchises, we're talking about Carolina, we know that they, you know, they hold value and they sell for billions of dollars. So I don't know, man. They they just yeah, you sell for one day, but then you would keep it in the place where you grew it at. Why would you uproot the whole thing to go somewhere else it doesn't make sense you know and plus there's no proven fact factor that london would even be a successful place to hold the team especially after we already seen with nfl europe and how that was a disaster back in the early 2000s you know obviously i think it's a little bit more stable now i think there's more fans than there was back then 
if there was a team, if there was a team that would go to London, they would just move their team to London. What? Who? Who would you have over Jacksonville? You think Seattle Seahawks are going to go move their team to London? I just don't buy anybody's moving to London. I don't like. Like I said, if you follow the Jags and you see the investment they're putting into the city, it doesn't make sense. There's and building new training facilities and new sh- like the possibility of re- renovating the entire stadium. Like there's just too. They already put a hundred plus million dollars in putting at the time the world's largest scoreboards. Like that, it just doesn't make sense. You don't do all that just to leave and leave it all behind. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not like a normal business where you just do that. I don't. I think. I think the most likely case is that a brand new team is developed there, or they develop like a league over there, which there actually is. It's not affiliated with the NFL, but they're actually a new European football league was just uh, what's it called? Just started up this past year uh, over in Europe. It's like Barcelona, a bunch of German teams because Germany has a huge football fan base. Um, France, I think. I don't know. And there's a couple. There's like eight or twelve teams or something like that over in Europe that play each other. It's kind of interesting to see it grow over there. All right. As we move on, I think this is pretty much done. Uh, all right. Yeah. So that that's it for expansion team. We'll see. Uh, like I said, I think 18 games is probably more possible than expanding. Oh, teams, for but, sure. Um, uh, we shall see. Let's talk about what's going on in NFL, this taunting rule, because obviously over the past weekend, they changed a bunch of rules. Uh, the refs are more strict on the players. If you're, you know, flexing, uh, uh, let's say you make a big tackle, a big catch, you're flexing, you're doing big gigs. I think uh, the TJ, what somebody did a kick, did a roundhouse kick, and got called for uh, uh, for uh, excessive, uh, I don't know, celebration. Uh, so let's talk about that taunting rules. Uh, Julian, how do you feel about these taunting rules going forward? Uh, this season because they definitely changed the rules and you know last year it seemed like a little bit they allowed the players to do whatever they want and this year they're like very like no just just play football don't don't shame men uh on the yeah. field how do you feel about yeah that? i don't know if you saw obviously the big one that everybody's talking about this week against green uh pittsburgh and chicago Cassius marsh uh looked at the punter and flexed at the punter after he made a great play after being elevated from the practice squad the day before and then walks back and accidentally bumps into the ref, then gets the flag thrown for the taunting call and then gives Pittsburgh a 15-yard penalty in the first down, which then Pittsburgh then sends off their punting unit. <laughs> and then ben Big, Big Ben comes back in and they go on to score a field goal, which ultimately ends up being the winning field goal winning. for Pittsburgh. And... Man, this rule is so fucking stupid. Like, it's such an old way of just looking at the game. And the thing that pisses me off the most is, like, I feel like, obviously, like, the NFL is a business and it's making millions of billions of dollars. But I think they all kind of forget, like, at the end of the day, this is a game. Like, it's a game. It's, like, this isn't no Fortune 500. Like, this isn't no, like, financial hedge fund. Like, this is a game. They're playing a game. Like, it, let them have fun. Like, this is what this is what where, why we play games to have fun. Like, and it it blows my mind. Obviously, there's too far, and we all can agree that there is too far. That's why we have unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah. But this idea of a taunting rule, it's it, it's just so stupid to me because I think what classifies it is you have to look at the player, and if you do some sort of reaction towards the player. That would be a taunting. You have to look away from the player. But the big problem is it's such a very subjective ruling. And that's what bothers me the most because, like you said, the, 
Cassius Marsh was clearly looking at the bench. He was clearly looking at the bench. Why would he talk shit to the punter? Punter don't give a fuck. He was looking at the bench. Yeah. And then you kind of see when he's walking back, the ref kind of sticks his ass out so he runs into him. Like to kind of look at so, like he yeah, purposely ran. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't know if you saw yeah, that. Yeah, I, I mean, that was the biggest clip over the weekend. Everybody was talking about it. Um, My general thoughts, man. Uh, you know, the biggest trope is like NFL, no fun league. And, and you know, as far as celebration, celebrating a play, I have no problem with it. I understand they're trying to mitigate, you know, these fights where people are instigating fights or they're punching each other. You know, you don't want to see like Andre, Andre Johnson versus uh, Finnegan fight where they're just Oh, man, I forgot about that. So, so you know, there's shit. I understand that you're obviously trying to prevent fights, but celebrating a play, I have absolutely no no problem with it. I have no problem with flexing. I have no problem. You know, if guys you are going to slap like, each other's helmets, that's one thing. My thing is, like, but, think about when we used to play basketball on the street, just, like, growing up. You talk shit. That's what it is. When you play sports, you yeah. talk shit. That's just what it is. It makes you great. That's what it motivates you. Somebody's talking shit to you. It mess, it's, it's a psychological game as well, and it, it – it pisses me off that it's like what these guys can't show any emotion, especially players yeah. who life can be completely changed from this. Like Cassius Marsh, he made an incredible play, a game-stopping play, and he just got elevated from the practice squad the day before. His whole life could be yeah. changed because of that play because now he's going to get more playing time. Yeah. And then if he gets more playing time, he continues to perform well. Now he's got tape, got tape, and now he can go get a contract and make more money. Yeah, and that could that could be life-changing, and it's it just it's so frustrating that they decide to do this because it's just like just like back in the day when they had the celebration rule when you score a touchdown they got rid of it eventually but also from a business perspective it's it's so much more marketable like yeah. and and i think the nfl realized that with the touchdown celebrations why they got rid of it because i mean look at it now nfl now has i don't think they do it this year but last year they had the cam on the thing on the um the touchdown area with the big screen yeah. and then all the players would go up to the thing and then do whatever their dance or whatever it is. And that was huge for the NFL because then they would switch to the thing and everybody loves seeing the celebrations and you see all the crazy things. Gronk had his whole thing of the spike. Like the spike was like this yeah. big thing. Jimmy Graham had the dunk, which then they, they didn't like it. So, cause it messed up yeah. the field goal post yeah. and now they got rid of the dunk, but like that was such an iconic thing. I mean, he made millions of dollars off of just doing that celebration. I mean, yeah, like I said, like even take out the aspect of of uh in what like what they could do for them like playing. I mean, look at all the promotional and marketing aspects they could do and get brand deals with other companies. I mean, Aaron Rodgers with the discount double check, like you know, all all the like there's so much stuff and it makes the, the Victor Cruz with the salsa it, it makes the game great. Yeah, it makes yeah. it seeing it that and that's the big reason with like why baseball sucking because baseball they don't let their players show their personality, and it's like now the NFL is trying to take on that same idea, and it's like one moment they try to add a rule, then they get rid of it, and then they realize the success of it, and it's just like taunting is one. Obviously, like I said, we can all agree there's too far, there's too much. Yeah, but unsportsmanlike conduct, you know what I mean? Like, but if somebody just like gets hype and it just so happens to be a person there, then you throw the flag. That's just ridiculous to me. Yeah. It's like, let think, these guys think, play. Let them play, man. Yeah. 
Speaking to the, that specific play where they had the ref bumping into the guy, um, and, and I think the NFL officials came out like the official Twitter with the NFL official, whatever they they talk about the rules or whatever. The NFL cleared the 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 ref and said it was perfectly fine that he did nothing wrong. And I think that's absolute goddamn horseshit. You you said the word earlier, the personality. Like that's kind of like the fun part of of football. It's like you see you know you see the swagger, you see you know whatever whatever your team is. It's the you fun part the of any of sport. To yeah. me, it's the fun yeah. part of any sport. You know, I mean, you shit, know, look at soccer. Like, you do the crazy shit. Like, you know, like, or, or fucking uh, basketball. You see fucking Steph Curry. He's doing the shimmy and shit. You know what I mean? That, that's or just holding like, it. Or just holding it yeah. and just walking backwards. Everybody's I mean, putting like, their threes. Um, Ronaldo so, you know, just doing the like that like thing yeah. like you know it's just it's it's what makes it great man that, that that's the fun part especially you know you know uh, if you have your favorite team whenever they score they win you know you, you kind of want to see it's, it's kind of weird how the nfl kind of like they want to wa- wash out uh, all that personality and and shit and i think that was absolute horseshit that call this week uh against cassius was uh absolute horseshit it was terrible it was bad um i think it's going to continue it's going to be like this for the rest of the season unless they come Next year, and they just absolutely change the rules. The commission. They might. I wouldn't be terribly surprised if they would. I could kind of see it because I thought it was fun I mean, last but, year, man. All the celebrations last year were absolutely fun. When there was nobody in the stadiums, they're, they're doing all this. I thought it was really fun. Like, I was like, "Yo, this, well, they, is, you, this is great." Well, to watch. you know, they put in a new head of officiating this up this past year because the guy who was yeah. originally there left, and it's just like, man, I don't know if like some of these refs have just like this like like ego trip and like these like just you know just want to be power hungry and just like feel like they're in control and like everybody's there to see them but it's like no people are there to see and you think that's when the nfl step in and be like yo this is like people are here to see these guys perform they're doing shit that nobody like very few people on this planet can do and it's just like and if something great hype happens it happens man like how often like you know, like I said, like you play basketball, you play whatever. I mean, you just you have fun, you talk shit. Like, you know, it's just what it is. And it's just it's kind of stupid that they're just getting rid of it. And it, at the end of the day, if you get got, you got got. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's just how it is. Like, you know, that guy earned the right to shit on you because you got shitted on. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. So we'll we'll see going for it, man. I think it's gonna be like this for the rest of the season. We're gonna have instances like this. We're almost, you know. Oh, I think it's locked season. in. I yeah. I think it's locked in. But I wouldn't be terribly surprised if they get rid of it. Event maybe not next year, but eventually, just like they did with celebration, just like they did with challenging uh pass interference plays, which I'm upset that they got rid of because <clears throat> I think it's good yeah. to be able to challenge pass interference plays, but it never went that way. So that's why they got rid of it. So, I mean, we'll probably see more of this going on the rest of the season. But let's transition to another topic because a lot of stuff is going on, especially the last couple of weeks. A lot of upsets, man. A lot of upsets in this league, man. Uh, it, you know, we, we put a lot of bets in. We, we talk about our NFL bets. That's probably our best little uh, uh, little segment that we have going on. Usually the end of the segment, uh, end of the episode. And a lot of upsets, crazy upsets this season. Uh, do you want to talk about this week? What, like, what kind of games do you want to talk about uh, that were, like, Everyone's like, oh, this is going to be a clear winner. And obviously, it turns the other way. So, Julian, what's upsetting yeah. you the most? Honestly, this year has been awesome for football. Like, this year, NFL's been flexing its muscles about why it is one of the greatest leagues on planet Earth. Seeing how absolute competitive it is has just been remarkable. Like, I mean, they're truly living by the saying, every any given Sunday, there's not another league in this world that is as competitive as as the nfl and it's awesome to see these upsets it's 
it's it's great to see. Um, obviously the biggest one is my Jacksonville Jaguars upset at the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen versus Josh Allen went trending on Twitter for like two days. What a terrible um, man. the Bills. No, honestly, did you watch it? No, I saw the the, uh, the the Jacksonville defense. They had a good game. I, I was like, I will. This, this end result, I, will, I did. Obviously, nine six is not what you want to see, but I will say, f- for a nine to six game, and as somebody who's a fan who watched every single play, every single second of that game, that was a very thrilling, exciting game for a nine to six game. Like the amount of turnovers and the back and forth. It was just, it was a very exciting, thrilling game. I mean, there was moments where Trevor Lawrence looked like he was hurt. And then like the backup goes in and throws a bomb Bethard and like, but then the pass gets shot. It was just, and then seeing Josh Allen sack Josh Allen and intercept Josh Allen and then fumble recover (laughs) Josh Allen fumble recovers against Josh Allen. And it was just seeing that storyline and just, and then also seeing that the stadium had a lot of bills fans because obviously bill fans travel. And seeing just like Jaguar fans absolutely shit on the Bills, like man, what I would have paid to be at that game right there, just dogging the fucking Bills fans. Because there's nothing I hate more than when opposing fans like load up the stadium, uh, and it it pisses me off. I, I just I hate it. Like I want this is a home game. I want it to be a goddamn home game, and I just hate it when you have a like it's always Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Green Bay. Those motherfuckers are they're always everywhere. And um, I'm just so glad. Like, I really hope that my my fellow Duval fans went out there and dogged the shit out of the Bills fans walking back to your car after the game. But that game was awesome. Obviously, your Dolphins did an amazing upset against the Ravens, which I did not predict. I mean, we had yeah. uh, Los Angeles Rams lose to the Titans without Derrick Henry by a blowout loss. Uh, obviously, in weeks prior, we had the Jets completely upset the Bengals. Um uh we had new orleans upset uh that's not a huge upset but new orleans upset uh tampa it's just it's it's awesome to see like how competitive it's been and it's 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 great it's 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 such an exciting season you definitely see like the preparation like obviously for for the bills i thought that shit was going to be a blow man honestly i thought that shit was going to be like 40 that plus 14 shit I know, man. I thought that shit was going to be a blowout. It's so, I mean, congrats to them because obviously they came in prepared. Their defense was playing very well. Um, I hate fucking field goals. I'm tired of field goals, okay? I'm a Dolphin. I've seen field goals all my life. That's all we ever fucking do is kick field goals. And I'm tired of seeing them. So that's why I was kind of like, oh, man, this game's got to be fucking brutal to watch. Um, but if you didn't think you had a chance and all of a sudden you're sticking close to close neck to neck, I can see how thrilling it could be. If you're a Jacksonville Jaguars, but the thing Jacksonville was, Jacksonville it wasn't like so. it was straight three and outs. Like it was like it honestly, like if you didn't see the score, you would think it was a higher scoring game than what it was, because it was like the Bills would take it all the way down the field and then it'd be a turnover, or the Jags would take it all the way down the field and be a tur- like there were sequences of really good drives. It was just no finishing. Like there was a lot of red zone attempts. There's just no finishing, and I think that's what makes edging, it so exciting. Edging there, <laughs> <laughs> you know a lot about that. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's what made it so exciting. And you know, it wasn't just like three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. You know, I mean, it was it was really exciting. But uh, yeah, man, what about your Dolphins? I mean, I'm sure you didn't expect that coming in. <sighs> So going into Thursday night game, I didn't have a lot of high hopes. A, I hate Thursday night games. B, going against 
the Ravens. I'm like, this is one another game. And so I'm like, okay, they're gonna still whoop. It. You know, what I mean, they come. I mean, I think uh, the Ravens had a who they had a fucking amazing game the last game that they played. I forget who. Um, they just won in uh, overtime against uh, yeah Minnesota. Lamar Lamar Jackson put up uh, some fanny points for me. So and I have Marquise uh, uh, Brown. So um yeah, I didn't expect a lot coming into this game. Um, I'd say like you know watching it the first half of it. Uh, I'd say uh, uh, definitely the Ravens dominated. Um, I think it was a uh, Ravens offense versus a uh, Miami defense. That was like the matchup to watch because I I think the the Dolphins offense was just stagnant. Um, it wasn't really that impressive. Um, I think I've seen all that uh, Jacoby Brissett has to give as far as football. Like I've seen, I think I've seen the most of him. Um, you know, some throws. It's kind of like a. The two, I, I mind you, I didn't get the chance to watch the game because I was busy. Did uh, two didn't play the full game, right? Uh, no, he came in because uh, Brissett hurt his knee, so uh, he had to come in and play the rest of the game. Um, and that was like the two got season. benched second quarter. Yeah. Well, he he has a finger. Uh, uh, uh he had a not a broken mm-hmm. finger, like a ligament. Or, or he had a, a hand injury. Um, and so they were sitting him. He was available. Um, but when uh Jacoby Brissett hurt his knee, a Tua came in. Um, and play the rest of the game. So, um, and Tua, so that that was like the first half. Um, like I said, it was mo- mostly the Ravens offense dominating. Um, freaking uh, Devonta Freeman was it Devonta? Yeah, Devonta Freeman was playing for the Ravens. Uh, had a pretty good game, I think overall. Um, as a run game, and the second half definitely Miami dominated. Um, it was kind of like this thing you were saying, like where they would just get close to the end. You know, you probably get close to the end zone, and they would never finish. They can never finish a play. Or, throw it in um, and then when Tua took over I thought I saw a decent game from Tua um, there was one big throw that Tua threw to Waddle it was like deep it was like 30 yards 40 yards I was like this is the Tua that I want this is, I want to see the deep throw Tua throw it down man one-on-one throw it down the field and um, I got a glimpse of that you know what I mean I got a flash of that just like one play I was like I want to see this play like four or five times can you, can you throw it deep to him down the field, stop doing these little slants, these little fucking bubble screen shit. Um, and and then that second half, Miami definitely took over. Um, uh, they took over the game. Um, not not running wise, I think they 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 were very efficient uh, towards the end. Defense was playing very well. I think overall, defense played well against the Ravens, and they came up with you know in my eyes an upset because um, like I said, I didn't expect much from the Dolphins, um, and the offense was just meh. When Tua took over, it was just like, okay, and 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 the Dolphins' run game not that impressed. I'm not impressed with Gaskin. Gaskin's is not the answers. Uh, I don't like these little running backs. You're like the first. You're you're the like first line. Dolphin fan to like finally say Gaskin isn't that great. Because no, I feel I like every, I never liked. I feel him. like Dolphins fans like living in Miami. There's so many of y'all motherfuckers who's like, yo, Gaskin's good. Gaskin's good. Or like when they're uh, they're hyping up Gaskin when he came into, into London against the Jags. I'm like, man, I've seen Gaskin play a ton. Gaskin, he is a number two, number three running back at best. Like he is not that great. I mean, like I said, I think he's a, he could be a one-two punch. But, I mean, he's not like he's, – he's not to me, he's not even a top 15 running back. To me, he's not even the top half of the league. I don't think he's that great. And then he has absolutely nobody behind him on top of that. Like to me, he's a third, and, second string running back. Like, yeah. you know, and one of the, I guess one of the biggest things I saw uh, that I guess the Ravens took away there was a lot of passes towards Gasecki, and he didn't really have uh, a lot of completions. Um, 
uh what else there was costly there was some costly uh files where guys were going uh false start like within the 20 we're about to score a touchdown false start um some bad penalties maybe there was one there was one uh roughing the passer that i was okay with but there's another one uh roughing was it a kicker there's another rough in the passer that i wasn't um I was like, man, that's kind of a bad, kind of went, you know, they do the, if you slap your hands towards your head, is head or shoulders, they'll call it. So that was kind of a yeah. bad fault. There was, there was costly penalties um, from the Dolphins, but you know, they, they eked out a win and they definitely took over that second half. That first half, it was, it was a Ravens game and that second half, uh, the Dolphins, you know, were able to, to eke one out. So t- overall, yes, you got to win against a good team. You know, you know, like we were talking about just overall. Who's good? I don't know because all the good teams they have a terrible loss on their on, 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 on they have one at least one terrible loss uh, uh, on their schedule, and so as a Dolphin I'm like okay they won, wasn't really impressed overall with the game. I was like man, defense played good, defense played good, defense played good. That, that, Finally, that's overall thoughts from there. Yeah. Finally. Um. So uh, I guess that's it for because that just happened. You know, it's Friday, Thursday night football just passed um do we have to get into uh the weekend predictions if you do uh for our predictions you want to pull up yeah the, uh, the, uh, let's got it with this new setup that we have if you guys are audio listeners and you haven't seen the live uh not the live but the video version on youtube we got a new setup right now so watch this watch this fancy trick you know you see so you watch escape boom boom now no longer of us just saying what the spread is we can now actually point it out and we can all look at it and visually see it so i'm still gonna rattle it off for audio people so first games first we got jacksonville at indianapolis jacksonville is plus 10 and a half indianapolis is minus 10 and a half gabe who do you have i don't know man um Jacksonville at the Colts. I still think it's tough. Do they cover? Does it, do the Colts cover the ten and a half points? I'm gonna go. No, I don't. I think uh, Colts win, but I don't think they cover. So I guess Jacksonville. Are you picking the Jags finally? The anti-Jags. Because to... just because the Colts won't cover, just because the Colts won't cover. That's why. Yeah, I. I honestly like. Um, obviously, the Colts had a good game against the Jets, but who doesn't? Um, except both the Bengals, apparently. Um, I'm still not entirely sold on Carson Wentz. Um, obviously, the Jags have their struggles, um, but all I've seen was the Jags wires get progressively better each game. Obviously, they had a hiccup in Seattle, but besides that, they got progressively better each game, um, and then we saw it really come into fruition against the Bills. Um, and the defense is playing really solid. I think it's going to be a close. I think it's going to be a pretty close game. I think the Jags for sure cover. Uh, for sure, uh, I think Indianapolis for sure doesn't cover. And so I'll take Jags plus ten and a half. And of honestly, like me personally, I, I I would only bet on the. I mean, for people, for me as a homer, I would like to bet on the money line because I do feel like there's a chance Jacksonville can win it. I think there is. I don't think Indianapolis is that great. Um, wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but I would definitely take Jags plus ten and a half. I think that's easy to me. That's an easy decision for me. All right, who we got next? Cleveland Browns at the New England Patriots. New England is minus two and a half. 
I will take Gabe. You mind moving the Got mic it. a little bit from your uh, keyboard? It's it's rattling. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, we got Cleveland Browns at New England Patriots. New England Patriots minus two and a half. Give me the Patriots, I think. I think the Patriots are really good at home, and the defense can really show up. And Cleveland is just not who we thought. Well, I always thought Cleveland wasn't going to be that great. I know you were high on Cleveland coming in this season. Um, But, yeah, give me New England at home. Uh, I I think I'm going to go the same way because uh, I'm down on them now. They lost OBJ. I don't know. Cleveland, not that good. On the road, I'll, I'll take New England at home. Okay, we got Atlanta at Dallas. I am no longer picking against Atlanta on big spreads because you convinced me to take New Orleans against Atlanta. Even though I was like, at first I was on New Orleans. I mean, I was, I was for Atlanta with whatever the spread was. But then you convinced me out of it. So I'm no longer listening to you. And then the Dallas Cowboys got the brake speed off of them against Denver Broncos. Big time. Um, so give me the Falcons plus nine and a half. Honestly, I feel like the Falcons have been getting a little disrespect lately. They're actually third in the NFC. They're four. They're five and four or something. They're, they're even. They're either even or just one game over. I think they're better than a lot of people anticipated. Give me the Falcons. So minus nine. That's a tough line because they got to score 10 or more. Will this will Dallas win by a touchdown and a field goal? I'm going to go for Dallas at home, man. Uh, wow, weird, man. Weird loss last week. But Why do you keep I'm on betting for Dallas? I'm not. Keep I'm on not, betting I'm not, Dallas. I'm not rooting for Dallas. I'm rooting against the Falcons. That's what I'm rooting against. I'll take Dallas minus nine. Right. Oh, also, um, so what was our record? So I went even last week. I went seven out of 14. You had an abysmal three out of 14. So nobody listened to game. Listen to me. Right. So <laughs> over the past four weeks, uh, Julian's up. He's got uh, 27 uh, cover, uh, wins or covers that he bet. I got 25. So we're mid-mid, but last week was not a good week for me. Like I said, I caught up against. Yeah, yeah, he had a he had a rough one because I don't know if you guys remember last week. I took a lot of underdogs. He took a lot of favorites on those big old spreads. All right, so let's let's go Buffalo Bills at New York Jets. Oh man, we did just see the Bills lose at home. This is a battle to New York or New York versus New Jersey, I should say. Buffalo, the only true New York team. <laughs> um. Oh, uh, man. So the line is leaning towards Buffalo with a minus 13. I mean, minus 106. Give me Buffalo. I think Buffalo has a I think Buffalo has a has a bounce back game. I think uh, New York Jets, is just they're not good. They're not good. I mean, they had two ridiculous upsets, one against the Titans and then the other against the Bengals. Um, but they're not a good team. They don't even know who their quarterback is right now. Jet fans are all over the place. Give me Buffalo minus 13 and a half. It's a massive spread, but I'll take it. Oof. T.S. the weird thing. 13 points. That's a lot coming off a bad loss. <sighs> Buffalo comes back, man. They don't take that bullshit. I got Buffalo winning by two touchdowns. All right. We got New Orleans Saints at Tennessee plus two and a half. New Orleans minus two and a half. Tennessee. Give me Tennessee, man. 
as much as I hate Tennessee and they are a rival of ours, Tennessee, man, they just somehow they just find a way to win. They're a really tough team. Honestly, like they just they're just, just they're just a tough team, man. Um, especially after beating the Rams with no Derrick Henry. I think they proved that they can win without him. I'll take the Titans, minus two and a half. I don't know who New Orleans is. I feel like one moment they win, the next they lose. I just don't trust them. They don't have good quarterback play. I don't care if Jameis is in there or not. Give me Tennessee at home. Wow. You know what? I'm going to go opposite. I usually I do like this matchup. I think it's one of the fun ones to watch this week. Uh, I'm going to take New Orleans, man. I think New Orleans wins this game. And I think they win by at least two field goals, by six points. Okay. Now we got the Tampa Bay Gronkineers at Washington football team. Tampa is minus nine and a half. Washington plus nine and a half. This one's kind of a tough one for me, I feel like. Because um, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about them with large spreads. Um, Gabe, you... uh, you go first. I'm gonna pull up exactly what their rec- what each team's record right. is against the spread against the spread because I'm actually kind of curious and I feel like we should have started this going into it, but I'll pull it up now. Um, Tampa Bay. Listen, this Washington. I don't know who Washington is. Um, uh, Tampa Bay. I am like I said. I got them. I got them as favorites. Go to the NFC Championship at least. I want to see them. Tampa Bay and the LA Rams. Tampa Bay is okay. dominating. Before, I was going to say, before you say your uh, your prediction, Washington is 1-7 against the spread. Tampa is 3-5 and five against the spread. Give me Tampa Bay. Give me Tampa. Come on. Washington's ter- They're the worst team in the league against the spread. They are in last place, right next to Kansas City. Kansas City is 2-7. Washington is 1-7. That right there makes me feel like I'm going to take Tampa. Uh Washington needs a real quarterback. Um, give me Tampa minus nine and a half. Lions leaning that way. Anyway, we got Detroit Lions. Detroit plus eight and a half. Pittsburgh minus eight and a half. Um, Lion is leaning towards Pittsburgh. Detroit is four and four against the spread. Pittsburgh is three and five against the spread. Um, I don't like any of these teams. Eight and a half, that's a lot of points. That's a lot for Pittsburgh. For Pittsburgh. That, yeah, for that, Pittsburgh, that's, that, a lot of <laughs> that's what's that's what's getting me too. Like for Pittsburgh, I don't trust Pittsburgh to put up a ton of points. I think I'm going to lead go against go with Detroit. Detroit is four and four against the spread. I'll take I'll take uh Pittsburgh. I mean I'll take Detroit, my bad. <sighs> do I wanna go with you or do I wanna go against you? That's a lot of points. Eight and a half. It's a Man, lot for Pittsburgh. Like, That's a lot it for was Pittsburgh. Like, it was like six and a half. I'd be like Pittsburgh. Eight and a half. Ah, oh, man. I'm going to go with you, man. I'm going to go Detroit, man. I think Detroit Detroit's four and They have a better record against the spread as well. Right. We got Minnesota Vikings at Los Angeles Chargers. This is actually a pretty good four o'clock game. Minnesota is better than what their record is. They are, man, talk about a heart a heartbreaking season for minnesota i mean how many last minute overtime games have they played in where they've lost by a field goal or more i mean it is insane 
how close these Minnesota games have been. Um, the line is leaning towards Minnesota. Los Angeles is at home. Uh, Minnesota's plus three, Los Angeles minus three. Um, Minnesota is four and four against the spread, and the Chargers are five and three against the spread. So I'm leaning towards. Hmm, this is a tough one for me. I'll go Chargers minus three. I think Chargers. I think they're due for a big game. Well, I was gonna say, man, because uh, uh, Justin Herbert is going on. Uh, talk about downturn. Quarterback's going on downturn. I mean, he hasn't looked uh, as exciting as he did the, the first uh, few weeks. But he's not terrible. Season. He's not bad. He's not terrible. He's not bad. I have investment in LA Chargers. I have Mike Williams on my team, on my fantasy team. This should be a fun game to watch. I'm going to go Minnesota. Minnesota. Go Minnesota. Minnesota. I'll take the Chargers. I I just feel like at home, I think they're due. I think they're due for a big game. Um, it's, Maybe. It's, it's been a we while. It should be fun. I hope it's close. I hope it's close enough. I'm going to go Minnesota. Okay. Will Cam Newton play this week? I don't believe so, actually. Especially if, since he's unvaccinated. I do not believe that he will play this week. I think he has to go no, I think, 14 no, I days. Think he got I think he got vaccinated. That was one of the things. I, don't, I, I think. I think. Regardless, I mean, I think even if you are or not, I think he still has to wait. Um, I think regardless, whatever the NFL rules are, I'm not entirely sure. Um, let me pull that up because that's actually pretty important news. I um, honestly don't think it even matters because they're playing the Cardinals, and I don't even think it matters <laughs> if he starts or not, or if he plays or not. Um, uh, but I, I do believe he did get vaccinated. He got well. No, his free agency. Uh, uh, he did get vaccinated, so I think. I remember sure. Let me see. I'm sorry. But uh, um, I, I don't think it matters if he plays or not. I still got Arizona. Arizona's just dominant. Uh, talk, um, I got Arizona, clearly. Uh, um, it looks than- like it's kind of up in the air. It's not entirely sure yet. So, yeah, Arizona's 7-2 and two against the spread as well. Um, I feel like they lose this one. It's just... The, the odds are pretty even. Not lose. I mean, I think they. I think they like, don't, don't cover. Cut. That's what I meant. <laughs> That's what I meant. Like, you're about to yell lose. at me right there. No. Um. Uh, Carolina likes to keep things a little close for the most part. Um. I and the line's pretty even. Give me Carolina plus ten and a half. I'll take that. Even with or without Cam Newton, I think. I think they get within there. I got Arizona. Right. Even with that, that, even even though their record is pretty high. All right, we got Seattle at Green Bay. Um, I believe Aaron Rodgers is coming back for this game. Um, Seattle is plus three and a half. Green Bay is minus three and a half. Give me Green Bay at home. I think that's Russell Wilson is coming back this week. Um, but Green Bay is a top, more talented team. And you're at Green Bay. Seattle's not a good team, especially without Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson hides a lot of... Uh, bumps and bruises that's on that team give me green bay minus three now i'm going green bay as well that's an easy one for me yep and green bay is actually first they are eight and one against the spread this year they are the best they have the best record against the spread so give me that all day we got philadelphia at denver broncos 
Denver is minus one and a half. Philly is plus one and a half. This is going to be a close, not a super exciting game for me, but it's going to be a very close one. Um, I'll take Denver minus one and a half at home. Uh, I like their defense. Um, Teddy Two Loves is a solid quarterback. Not the best, but he's solid. Yeah, I'll give that's me a Denver. weird point to go one and a half so like i feel like that line is gonna move because one and a half for denver like as a lot of people bet on the eagles are the eagles that good i haven't it's seen but a lot of it. it's even the odds are even right now so i'm assuming nobody's leaning towards one way so it's minus 110 me, for both ways give me give me denver give me denver at home that's an easy one that's an easy one okay. jojo's probably like yeah yeah denver is five <laughs> and four <laughs> against the spread by the way denver is five and four against the spread philly is Where's Philly? Philly is four and five against the spread. So it's pretty even. Okay. Kansas City at Las Vegas Raiders. Kansas City is minus two and a half. Las Vegas Raiders is plus two and a half. The line is leading towards the Raiders at plus two and a half with a minus 104 odds. Give me the Raiders. I don't care how close the spread is. I do not trust Kansas City. Kansas City is second to last against the spread this year. Patrick Mahomes doesn't look that great. The team as a whole doesn't look that great. Las Vegas, on the other hand, looks to be pretty good. Give me Las Vegas with the plus two and a half and the money line with the plus 124. That's money right there. That's easy money. I was going to say, give me Las Vegas as well. Uh, I don't like. I can't believe they have him as the dog. Yeah. They have him as a dog at home. That's a little shocking that, that, to me. Yeah. Uh, give me obviously, you're you're losing. Obviously, you lost rugs and you lost that one guy, uh, that, but, that one dude. But I still think they, they have talent on the team. I think they could still eke out a win, even though obviously losing Henry Ruggs is really, really big for them. But I still think they have enough talent to hide it. All right. All right. We got Los Angeles NFC West battle. Los Angeles Rams at San Francisco. Los Angeles Rams are minus four. San Francisco is plus four. I will take Los Angeles as the away team with the minus four. Even though the line is leaning towards San Francisco. Same as well. I will take the LA Rams. This should be a fun game. This will be a fun one to watch. San Francisco is two and six against the spread. And LA Rams are four and five against the spread. All right. And that's it. That was Monday Night Football. All right. That's our picks for the week. We'll definitely be catching up. Uh, I'll try to get on the social media and see the, you know, there's like three or four games I do definitely want to watch. So I'll be on Twitter checking them out. Uh, just tweeting through some shit, uh, trying to do jokes and trying to be funny. <laughs> Julian, tell us about where the people can find us if they don't know where we are. Yep, yeah, we are on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, MySpace, LinkedIn, <laughs> uh, Craigslist, uh Walmart.com. Spotify. Spotify. Honestly, though, for real, though, anywhere you get podcasts online, whether it be Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, so on and so forth, whatever you get it, we'll be there. Obviously, we're here on YouTube. So Walmart.com, Amazon. (laughs) Honestly, are we on Amazon? I don't know, honestly. (laughs) We should get some affiliate links or some shit. I don't know. But, (laughs) yeah. We appreciate y'all checking us out. Uh, we definitely see the love. Uh, we're definitely going up, blowing up our YouTube, our Instagram. So check us out next week. We'll be here. Real fast podcast. Episode 35. We're done here. I'm Gabe. That's Julian. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.